everyone, and welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in-depth discussion on the lore, the High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew, and that's Joel joining me from across the continent. Joel, how are you doing this week? I'm good, and I'm just going to take this small inter- moment to let everyone know that there is a writer strike. So if you see some writers, join them on the picket line. Help them out. You support those writers. They make our stuff that we like. That's true. That is very true. Uh, this week we're talking about expanded universe. Now that isn't the name I've heard in a long time. At least I'm not name I've used in a long time. But is there room for the concept in uh, current Disney canon ecosystem? How might it help us understand the relationship of the films to expanded materials and of the films themselves? Uh, before we do that, let's get to the plugs here. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Iron Cannon Pod. Twitter, you got a lot of conversations going. Uh, Instagram, I mostly share. Sometimes stories, you know, how, how the kids do, how the kids use Instagram these days. We're trying to trying to get up with it. Um, but then also, yeah, we got YouTube memberships uh, here on the Servers Underworld YouTube channel. Super chats here on, sorry, here on the Servers Underworld YouTube channel. Joel, you want to talk about Discord? Drop in there. Yes, I'll just use this opportunity to say, hello, Orange Juice dude. I love Orange Juice, so got to say someone who says That's loves fair. Orange Juice. Orange Juice is well. um, Yes, uh, we have the Star Wars Underworld Discord. Um, there will be no game night this week. That will be next week. Um, we I plan to switch it up a little bit, but I'm going to leave that as a surprise. Nice. But if you follow the Star Wars Underworld trend, you might be able to guess what we play next. Uh, but you can always join us. We have lots of fun conversations and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yes, join in the description below. There we go. Uh, how was Friday? How was Friday night? Oh, Friday was great. We played Fortnite. We had like a, two teams of three going on at the same time simultaneously. Went on for several hours, so yeah, it was lots of fun. That's that's exciting. I I was I was out, but yeah, I should, I should join sometime when, when I'm free. When I'm free, and when you're free, if you whenever you are, if you're watching, uh, join us. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's dive into this week in Star Wars, Joel. You, you there's no no eyes. Well, there's a bit of eyes on screen. We'll get to that in a bit. But you had a thought about Ahsoka and how she's alive. Yeah. So you know, I've been thinking about you know. I'm, a, I'm as a storyteller myself, and just someone who you know thinks about it. I'm a, I am someone who believes that plot and story are two very different things. Hmm. Plot is just like you know we must get the Death Star plans to Yavin and then blow up the Death Star. That's the plot. But the story is about a kid who you know grows up, learns some responsibility, and then you know comes learns about the wider universe. Or you know, Han Solo's arc, his story is about a guy who only cares about money. And then realizes he likes friends, so he then gives up money for friendship. Um, so I've been thinking about, you know, we talk a lot about the, this plot of Ahsoka is, you know, the search for Ezra and Thrawn's coming back. Mm-hmm. But what's the story? What's Ahsoka's arc at the start of the of the of the uh, of this series? And what's her kind of trajectory at the end? Like, you know, like Kenobi series, where it's like mm-hmm. he was depressed at first, and then at the end he's a little less depressed, and he gets to see Qui-Gon. So he's 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 feeling good. So what's 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 Ahsoka doing? And like I've been thinking about it, and like I think it'd be interesting if the Ahsoka series is almost a meta commentary of why Ahsoka is even alive. Why is she here? Because it's sort of like, well, she, she there was a good place to you know take her off the chessboard, and that was you know when she guilt out with Vader that last mm-hmm. sacrifice that she couldn't get through to her master. But then obviously you know World Between Worlds, and then she got yoinked back to life. So it's right. like I think it'd be interesting if the show, at least on her arc, is all about why is she even here? What is what is my purpose now in a post-Endor world? Why why do I get to live 
it post the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, in some sense, you know, I have to think about her, and then you know, like one of the other characters, like you know, Sabine and Hera probably are like, well, we're no longer rebels. We're we're part of the government. <laughs> you know, obviously Sabine yeah. looks bad. Like, well, my my buddy Ezra is not back. So, yeah. what was it all for? And I have a feeling Hera is probably dealing with the responsibility of being a high member of a government instead of now captain of the rebellion. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure those are going to be arcs too. So, it's, but that's kind of my primary thought of like, what's Ahsoka's arc? Where is she going to start? And where is she kind of going to be at the beginning? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is is she going to be kind of crump, grumpy and then she kind of regains herself? You know, what what's her, what's her, what's, what's going on in the head of her? So, yeah. that's something I've been thinking about kind of what the story of Ahsoka is, unless obviously what, the plot is because we know what the plot is. It's Thrawn's coming back, and we got to find Ezra. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. A great distinction between yeah, plot and character, and, and how we we focus on plot, we focus on lore. Uh, this happens then, kind of what I was saying, be- saying uh, maybe a few weeks ago, talking about I think was it about celebration or yeah, we were talking about all the the trailer, and uh, yeah, the, so the story of Ahsoka in more than we've seen is the story of the Jedi, and you can also talk about story in that larger communal sense of this people this ancient sect of source force wizards or space wizards that uh were wiped out in order 66 it's interesting you mentioned ahsoka after endor i'm more curious to how she understands i mean we brought this up ahsoka lives ahsoka lives ahsoka after malachor how does she understand that because people who get a second chance at life what is what do you do with it Someone like Ahsoka is gonna make good on that, you you'd think, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what that means for her, and that's another question: is what it mean for her to live well and make good on life, uh, what the Force is calling her to do, and yeah, the relationship between uh, the Jedi and and uh, and, and there's news about Rey and her story and everything happening with Luke, both starting off being all heroic in this time period and then going to what we see him on Octo. What's Ahsoka's role in that? Because we see where we leave her off, she doesn't want to train Grogu because she's afraid of what's happening to Anakin. So, so par- parallel to how Luke doesn't want to train Rey. Uh, it's the same reason, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to where see where she ends. Just thinking now, how might that relate to the Rey film? After, obviously, you have everything with Luke and the whole sequel trilogy to go through. But... Uh, yeah, what's the story of the Jedi and the personal story of Ahsoka in that? It's, it's an excellent question. Um, I appreciate that. I don't know if you have anything mm-hmm. more to respond there. Or... Uh, you know, I mean, you know, there is that one line where uh, Hugh Yang is like, perhaps we should begin again. And it's like, well, maybe that is Ahsoka yeah. kind of having her Luke moment. It's like, well, maybe we should, maybe the Jedi should probably start stepping in and, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, kind of take, maybe start being active and it's sort of like, yeah. And I do wonder, it's like, I do think the show will primarily be focused in that Mando time frame of the New Republic era. I mean, it is sort of, but it's like, well, yeah, you, you do, you're right. You do have like four years of Ahsoka should should be alive by, mm-hmm. the, uh, by the time of the original trilogy. Like, was she stuck on Malachor for those four years the whole time? Like, Was it four years or just two years? I don't know what the time. How the Rebels, time. Rebels ended... Before, so this is at the end of season that, two, right? No, so that was season four was when she came back. Yeah. So she 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 yeeted out of Malachor and then she went back into Malachor. Yeah. And Vader were already gone. So 
Yeah. You know, that is at very least, you know, two years before yeah. Yavin, which is a new hope. So she she was around the whole time. So yeah. So what Maybe. what was she doing during that time yeah. period? Like what was she doing? And I you know, I don't think the whole show could have necessarily focused on that unless they want to do the flashback thing, mm-hmm. which is possible. But you know, there's definitely the forward momentum story sure. as well. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make this too long, but I'll just say we you know, you, you talk about how we focus a lot on plot and lore, and I think I think that's where a lot of the filler discussions come in when it comes to yeah. like filler episodes and whatnot. And, you know, like don't get me wrong, I do think you can plot things maybe tighter. Like again, I think maybe Bad Batch could have put Dr. Mm-hmm. Hemlock a little bit earlier, maybe plotted it, but sort of like, you know, plot and story what is the story of season two of the bad batch about a bunch of people just trying to survive in the yeah. galaxy and then when they realize they can't hide forever then the empire comes and so like oh shoot our whole family's been just broken we gotta do mm-hmm. something now time to change the course yeah that's the story of season two um so you know that's kind of my little tangent there but yeah, yeah. i mean i'm just again curious what what's the story of ahsoka like what and that's mm-hmm. kind of you know, that is, uh, that's what I felt was a little lacking in Mando Season 3 for myself. So I hope that's, that's something Ahsoka mm-hmm. does a little better in terms of not just be, oh, look, Thrawn back. Thrawn's yeah. back for Thrawn. That's yeah. the whole thing. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's why it's why filler is a, is a, a swear word. We should bleep it out <laughs> on, this, on this channel. Uh, it's not allowed to be used as an accusation. I mean, you could if you want. But uh, because so much character happens in episodes that are critiqued as filler, like the, the the racing episode with tech, right? Oh, that's a good one. That's, yeah, a good one. <laughs> that's a great example. Um, here's an example of what you mentioned, you know, the the time between uh when she comes back into Malachor until Endor, uh that there's some plot to be revealed there, maybe some hints of it. But the more important question is what does that mean for her? And that's yeah, maybe what you're getting at why what is we post Endor? What does it mean? What who is she between Malachor and Endor? Uh, and what, as you know, what does that mean to her self understanding? She's just encountered how her master has turned to the dark side. She just figured that out, and now she has to spend all this this time in isolation. Two years in isolation. Uh, I think it's more than two years. I think it's probably if well. It's- okay, so just to try to figure this out. So she gets sent back. Because Ezra, I don't know. I, I guess it's both. That's, that's it's a little plot. time travelly, but it's not too much time. Tra- well, it's not. Yeah, it's kind of time travelly, but yeah. world between worlds is sort of like a, there's no time and space, so it's no. in between. So Ezra's from a. It's a. It's a little. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little bit where like Ezra is from a year in the future. Ahsoka okay. is still like a year in the past, but Ahsoka then returns back to her time. So it's mm-hmm. not like she traveled back to the future. She just traveled back to. Where she came from, she's yeah. got pulled out of the dimension almost. I guess um, I always thought she was she had this sense of herself that she should stay out of things from the time she gets sent back to the time Ezra pulls her out. Then when we get to the time Ezra pulls her out, then she can reappear in the galaxy. That's that's true, but the thing is the time Ezra pulls her out, mm-hmm. that is still four to five years before Endor. Yeah. So, so that's that's what I mean. So from that four to five years before Endor till Endor. I mean, it's fair game to. So yeah, figure I, out who knows what she was doing? Unless she does something, becomes a hermit, takes the barrage vow just for the sake of it. That'd be great. There's my, there's my, there's my hot take. Ahsoka name drops the barrage vow. Somebody name drops the barrage vow on screen. I want, I want to hear true. that. 
Okay. Yeah, but it seems like she's doing violence by the time you get to her episode. Of Mando, oh, sure. So. Well, yeah, she, she's she's so, re- revoked the brush by the by then. You know, she's taking up the porter now. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay, uh, my my this week, uh, the supreme leader of Canada, <laughs> and this is obviously a bit of a joke, but uh, as as some of you may or may not know, there was a coronation uh, in 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 Westminster Abbey this week. And I definitely actually haven't watched it. There's a lot of stuff I haven't watched yet. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but, and you know, I, uh, people were making, making a parallel, making a, making a thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up. I'll take that away. I'll bring this up here. Uh, yeah. People are like, yeah, there's this, this, this little parallel here. It's a gold, um, cloak thing happening there. So I'm going to nerd out there. Uh, because y'all made this parallel, this very sacred thing, <laughs> I'm going to waste your time by telling you what this thing actually is. It's actually called a super tunica because it goes over the tunic. Um, and it is a sign, I guess it's a bit of a Star Wars parallel still. It's a sign of uh, divine anointing as a chosen one. So hence it's right after the anointing and it goes behind the screen. I'm convinced now that people, now that, uh, I don't know if, it was, if this was this, who, this is the culture site. Twitch or Twitter account, Joel. I don't know if you know who who posted this or found this, but I probably did somewhere. I posted yeah. a lot of the memes. So. Yeah, yeah. So good job, <laughs> good job finding it. But uh, what now that I see it, I'm convinced that the production designers, the costume designers on the Last Jedi role, or even even uh, Force Awakens to some extent, but especially Last Jedi role. Yeah, here's a parallel. You know, I mean, 1953. It was 1953 was Elizabeth's coronation. Here's Charles' coronation. There we go. So. Uh, I'm just nerding out. I don't know, Joel, if you've seen any of the coronation yet, but um, yeah, I just yeah. I heard it a lot. Yeah. Um, and and yes, orange juice, dude. I love the crown too. So yes. oh yeah, uh, is it is is it shown on the crown? Um, that'd be a good I think Elizabeth wears it in the crown. I think she wears something else. Yeah, well, that's right, because she wears she wears the dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I like I like the because this it's a medieval. Mm-hmm. Garment, the medieval vestment. Um, you know, the first king of England is is uh, I think Saint Edward uh, from around the year thousand. I, I I'm kind of fudgy. I, I've looked it up, but I forgot. Um, and over time, these traditions develop. Yeah, signs of divine right. So maybe Snoke is trying to claim something. Uh, he's he's claiming to trying to be in charge of the Sith Eternal. I don't know. I'm just reading stuff into it. I'm just making stuff up right now. Uh, Prince William slices Charles, and then Henry and him fight the Praetorian Guard. Yeah, there we go. Praetorian Guard. Now that's another thing for me. That's ancient Rome, but you know. Uh, anyway, anyway, moving right along there. Uh, so we got some eyes on screen again. I've had a super busy weekend. I've, I've since May the Fourth. I've just been wall to wall. So I haven't had time to sit down and watch any of Visions Volume Two. Or uh, Yang Jedi Adventures. So, Joel, let's hear your, what you've been able to see of Visions Volume Two. Give, give your non-spoiler I've thoughts. I've seen almost every one except the final one. I don't know why I'm waiting on that one. I can't do it anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, all super lovely and beautiful stories. Just you know, this is sort of it's funny that we call it Ion Canon, but this is actually I think Visions is sort of the um 
the the kind of the thing of like the beauty of the of the opposite extreme of like when nothing is canon where you just strip star wars of like all the lore the continuity the the grand storylines that've been going on for 50 years and just like here's a story set in the universe and all we that matters are like the themes and the values that star wars had brought and and told with some beautiful animation styles um you know it's just quite amazing feat i love visions um i'll just say i heard a rumor say broke broken heart oh i've got a rumor that uh visions volume three is probably in production as well i would not be shocked i think they like visions i mm-hmm. think visions is something they probably won't hopefully continue for a while um and i hope it's just one of those special little things that keeps on trucking because mm-hmm. uh it's just kind of cool when you strip down star wars and look at its parts it's just get some some pretty amazing things so yeah, Visions Volume Two, epic, very I mean, epic. That, that's what Visions is for. It's to just express and explore. Even uh, wasn't the that comic book concept that I do have? I think that was called Visions too, as well. And so I think yeah, the one with the, where we first see Spider Mall. Yeah, um, I think I think it was called. Oh Visions. yeah, that that's a little different because that was like concept art yeah. for like the actual films and stories. Okay, fair enough. But, but yeah, it's, it's it's certainly interesting for sure. I but my point was... being, it's don't worry about the story necessarily, or or don't worry about the the lot, the lore, and the, the plot, canon. <laughs> the canon. Just explore and values and and, and having and, and using it as a way of actually helping us then look back on the canon and understand more deeply what it's about. And so yeah, I'm looking definitely looking forward to to that. I think I expect with Vision Volume with Volume One, I was all a little um, disoriented. I guess is the word because I'm trying to locate and fix uh, this design into this time period and all that history. So it's kind of ahistorical or anti-historical in that way. But uh, looking forward to that. I, I from what I have heard and what Dom was telling me on the weekend was that uh, it it ties more into real life human history. In, in its influences and so um oh, yeah. as visions volume one did with the samurai and with oh. uh, just a lot of a lot of japanese legends no story spoilers or plot spoilers mm-hmm. but i'll just say yeah. there's one in particular that's like actually there's like two in particular like very dealing with the ideas of like colonialism yeah. the destruction of the natural world and just like the, mm-hmm. the nastiness of all that so yeah. um yeah the, the, the definitely got on point there yeah so looking forward to it when I have time to watch it. I'm still I'm behind on Ted Lasso. I'm behind on other things. Another thing I'm behind on is uh, Young Jedi Adventures. I've only seen the one episode of that, but all I'm gonna say there is High Republic on screen, and I saw the, I the first saying. episode of it, and I, I was so excited. You knew it, it's not for me. It's it's I mean it's for younger audience, but it was still fun to watch that first episode. Um, you knew the, two the, episodes. <laughs> you knew you knew the the moral was going to be teamwork and not it was a it was a nice story but not depending on not being too attached to uh to items and objects and saving preferring people over objects oddly enough the thing that yoda encourages this padawan to lose his lightsaber and <laughs> it saves a person saving another kid's life which okay you know like so much for this weapon is your life i guess by the time of the <laughs> I will actually come to think of it. Now I'm talking about this. It's another sign of the before and after of the higher helic, right? Before they are willing to value life over objects. After 
you have uh, masters berating their padawans for losing their lightsaber. I'm, I'm gathered. I mean, to be fair, every is Obi Wan the only person who berates Anakin for it? Uh, Jaro to Paul when uh, during Order sixty six when Cal loses his lightsaber, it's like Padawan, uh, you're a lightsaber. Okay, that's fair. Although yeah. I do wonder in some cases with Anakin, that's like I feel like that's more of a lesson of try to take care of your things better. Just don't go all yeah. You know, don't treat your lightsaber like you're, it's a spinny thing. You know, like yeah. a, like, like nice yeah, there's valuable object. Don't like just spin it around and like just play with it. Breakable. But we're given two different stories, and that's kind of my point. Is we're we're told uh, there's an emphasis on on life, yeah. whereas of some power and the ability to. I mean, that's the thing with the Last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker. You know, Chuck versus Grasp, and and you know, I mean. We, we can feel differently about that scene and about that, that story, but and there, there, uh, Luke's Force Ghost, you know, confronting fear is the legacy of the Jedi. But uh, I love that line, mm-hmm. but you know, I also like the see ya. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Speaking of High Republic on screen, uh, uh, one more thing to say. Um, well, actually, before I do that, what did you think of, of the first two episodes of Young Jedi Avengers we saw that you've seen? Oh, um, I like them, they're very cute. Very funny. Um, I think I think my buddy oh, buddy Omar, play Omar if you will, this mm-hmm. said you know it's it's interesting. This is the least sassy Star Wars to ever sass. Yes. Um, you know, it's like all the characters are like sweet and nice to each other, and they don't like there's no sarcasm. Yeah. Like Star Wars is so used to sarcasm, and like it's like oh these are people these little kids are like good job, it's like <laughs> yay. Um, so you know, I think that just kind of just kind of just totally like oh I've never seen this before. This is kind of cute though. Um, but yeah, no, very different, very different. Tone, but I like it. It's like you know, very high republic, gold robes, all yeah. that stuff. You know, yes. pirates is kind of the main baddie. So you know, it's it's cute. And, you know, I like seeing Yoda. I always love seeing Yoda with kids. So yeah, that's always fun. That's always I think Yoda with children has always sort of been a big thing since Attack of the Clones. So mm-hmm. I think that there's something about that, that just keeps on going to this day. Yeah. I mean, even Yoda and Empire Strikes Back, where Luke is. Of the kid excitement and you know, says, yeah. step up your your twenty your twenty yeah. two year old man. <laughs> but but still, uh yeah, and I mean and, and Daniel Jose Older's young uh High Republic Adventures phase one, also Yoda with kids. So it's what he's up to. Uh I, I yeah, I think there's always he always has a special ability to or a special sense mm-hmm. that kids can lead us and kids can show us the way forward in a way mm-hmm. that other adults don't guys 800 you know i guess at this point he's what 750 years old 700 years old by this point so you know he still lived a long time but uh yeah anyway uh speaking of high republic on screen this is a spoiler guys i don't know if you know but yes uh jedi survivor there it's it, i mean i've, I've been uh, i'm watching a playthrough i'm about six hours into a playthrough Joel, you've seen the whole story, so you know you, you know how it is. Um, I just I just want to see this one thing. I am so amazed that, like, you know, how, how, with Jedi Fallen Order, the ancient lore thing was the Zepho, or the kind of the yeah, like exploring the past and, and and going to a more mystical time, mystical way of understanding the galaxy. For Jedi Survivor, exploring the past is in the High Republic and with Tantalor. And um, I mean, I don't know uh, what else reveals. I, I I got to one point of one reveal, 
um, that is pretty important in phase two of the High Republic. But I don't know if that's going to play into it or not. Please don't spoil that for me. But And I won't spoil what I'm thinking about. But uh, I'm just really excited. Again, um, Jedi Survivor and the Acolyte, to me, uh, again, I, it's it's my heyday that we're, we're getting. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing in Star Wars right now it is so popular, so big. And the, these books and these comics are so beloved that they finally realize, okay, we got to actually mine this for mine this before image this uh how do we get from there to here in terms of uh the corruption of the jedi and just the the decadence and decay of the jedi and the republic let's mine this story for more compelling on screen we heard from leslie headland what we're seeing with jedi survivor um so again you've seen all of you've seen a whole playthrough uh, how long was your playthrough by the way that you saw uh, a couple hours, like definitely 10, 15. Okay. Um, you know, when I saw the 17, I'm looking at watching the 17, but yeah, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of people are like, you know, this is what's going to really mainstream the high Republic for people who don't care about the books or just mm-hmm. didn't get into them. It's like to see it actually visualized is, yeah. is pretty compelling, you know, but with this game, which already is going to have millions of people watching it, like more people are going to play this game than probably watch any Disney plus shows or even read the books. Yeah. That's the power of video games, folks. I don't think you. I think everyone underestimates the power of video games. They are the new movies. Um, you know, in terms of just like how much they can get widespread. Um, and also, you know, since we're here, it's gonna go back to what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, it's sort of uh, I've said it on Twitter. I'm curious how much Ahsoka is gonna give me Jedi Survivor vibes, the same way Kenobi felt like you know gave me Jedi Fallen Order vibes outside of the fourth that we go to the Inquisitor's, uh, you know, fortress. Um, um, and the biggest thing, and you've already seen this, and it's this is like the most minor thing, yeah. so I don't mind talking about it, is the color reddish-orange. Um, I'm not going to get into, like, whether the da- the, the bad guy's uh, lightsaber is reddish-orange. You know, it's like, I think it is. I definitely know in Ahsoka it's a reddish-orange with the, yeah. the, the bearded dude, Balin. Um, mm-hmm. but regardless of the color or not, I wonder if that's an influence because you have in these characters, Jedi, they're not Sith, they're not mm-hmm. Inquisitors, they, they're not, I mean, they haven't, they didn't call me, I don't know if Balin's going to call himself something else, but the, the bad guy's not calling himself, you know, I am a Jesus or a right. Sissi or something. Well, even even a gray know. Jedi. It's just, it's like, not even just talking about that. So no. I wonder if it's like, this idea of they use the dark side but they still mentally in their own little heads still consider themselves Jedi and following Jedi way and the term dark Jedi has been a thing in the EU for a while I mean comic we'll get into that later um sometimes that gets interchanged with this this and dark Jedi kind of get inter- got interchanged a lot early mm-hmm. on so it's sort of an, a non-distinction although that's was always used by um Actually, no. Sometimes even Sith themselves would call himself Dark Jedi. It was weird. It was it was the nineties. It's, it it's not consistent. It's also thousands and thousands of years of storytelling. <laughs> just sometimes decades of our universe storytelling. Yeah, that's so true. Like, yeah. oh, it's like evil Sith, but it's like it's an evil Jedi. This is an evil Jedi, you know. Yeah. But I do wonder, for distinction's sake, if you know, um, Balin and uh, yeah, in yeah. some ways, okay. I mean, I guess that's Sam the Sham. Good, good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they are bad people with good intentions. You know, maybe Balon 
I mean, you've seen the 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 over the the Jedi Survivor guy. He's a little more nuttier, yeah. but you know, maybe Balon is a little bit more. You know, he's not the Emperor. He maybe sees himself as a more sophisticated man who, like, sometimes I use dark means to my yeah. ends, but I am still civilized man, and I will. I'm willing to negotiate with you, Ahsoka Tano, even though. So Katana was going to look at his methods and also his ideology and go, like, you messed up, dude. Um, yeah. So I do kind of wonder if that reddish-orange color, which I think I'm noticing, is playing into a factor of this kind of tepid dark sideness compared to the Sith's full-on dark sideness or even yeah. the Inquisitor's loyalty to the Sith. But well, what do you guys think? I mean, did you think it was reddish-orange and just the overall thematics? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let us know in the comments if you come to that point in the in the story. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I really like that, that bad people with good intentions. I mean, Thrawn himself, right? I, I keep on going back to this. And this is, of course, with the Zon novels in my head, but both can all the canon Zon novels, especially in my head, is he really thinks he's doing well by his people. Um, I mean, this even gets into the armor discussion. Well, the armor goes into a different direction with this. Armor doesn't try and you know bombard uh, an innocent city, <laughs> but but you know Thrawn, uh, yeah Thrawn, yeah he, he seems he thinks he's doing well and he's willing to go to any extent to defend his people from the Grisks and to defend his people by using the the Empire. Uh, we'll see how much that comes up in in Ahsoka, but yeah, uh, definitely yeah this idea of um, Dagon is that his name who. Dagon. Yeah, I Dagon. think it's Dagon or Dagon. Dagon. And I mean, here's the I am more comfortable with the word dark Jedi than gray Jedi. Because yeah, dark Jedi. So in that case, Jedi, they're they're just using the word Jedi wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. a Jedi is a servant of the light. A, a dark Jedi is someone who thinks they're using the power of the Jedi, but for darkness. And so therefore they're effectively Sith. <laughs> but yeah. Um Let's go back to the comments here. Uh, yeah, we, we were getting to a little bit of that, but also we were talking about uh, Young Jedi Adventures, but that's okay. Um, last Jedi is Chuck Norris. I, I'll be curious to see what you, what you think of that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And yeah, second point. Yellow and red makes orange. So. Oh, I want to talk about that one just a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. Semi-spoiler, but not really. He's bleak. The cat is messing yeah. up with my hair. So she, the the yeah. Dagon is bleeds his lightsaber. Yes. You know, is what all dark siders do. And yes, it is a yellow lightsaber. Um, to be fair, we, we don't I don't know if like it's because it's yellow. I'm just saying he bleeds it and it gets that orange color, but you know, you bleed if Vader bleeds a blue one, it's pure red. You can yeah. bleed a green one and I I've never seen a green one get bled, but I'm gonna assume it just gonna yeah. be red if it's by a Sith Lord. So yeah. you know, I don't I mean you could bleed a, a it's it's bleeding the crystal, but I wonder if because Dagon, 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 I'm just calling Dagon because Dagon's yeah, a cool name. Because Dagon's only so far tapping into the dark side, it's like it's not a full dark side. He's red. committing. He's refusing He's to commit. Committing. I mean, it's also interesting, you know. And obviously, you go back to Dark Jedi for a second, yeah. you know, to kind of get to our future discussion about the expanded universe. That was a thing that was called. They used the term dark, dark. They've never dark. Gray Jedi is a fan thing. It was never used in any book. I don't think any book ever officially used it. Dark Jedi though has been an official lore name. Sometimes it's interchangeable with this for reasons 
yeah. you know, it was the nineties. So we didn't really have everything, you know, nailed down. Um, later on, it was sort of like, that was what a saw adventurous was because she wasn't a sis. Mm -hmm. She was just a Jedi, dark Jedi, because she kind of had force powers. Um, you know, there were lots of, uh, I mean, okay. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. There aren't a lot well, of the okay, I'll answer that one then. Uh, yes. Temple guards by the late Republic. But in the High Republic, it was just one option among many. So I don't know true. if they means I'll, necessarily I'll, mean that, but like because the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, was a yeah. temple guard. Um, I want to say one point, and then I'll let you get back to that. Uh, you want to talk about mixing? One guy we keep talking about, especially with Boba Fett, is, is this Mace guy with <laughs> this lightsaber that is a mix between blue and red. Uh, we'll see. Um, especially because we saw Keller and Beck and how uh, Lucasfilm is say, you know, Keller and you go, okay, Ahmed, we love you. If you want Keller in an actual story, he can't have a purple lightsaber because that doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, blue and red. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, what were you talking about? Dark colors are always going to be somewhat based on what's, what's, what's uh, what, what's uh, Vern's lightsaber color. I'm gonna look this up. So does she have a light whip? Yeah, she's a light whip. It's a lightsaber. That was green. Uh, I it's mean, pink. I, it's pink. Okay, it's pink. That's cute. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, this color orange though has been popping up. It's definitely in Ahsoka. I think that I think even Filoni himself said it was intentional. The 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 reddish orange and not the full on Sith red. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, maybe is an indication of just kind of different dark siders and how much into the dark side we're really yeah. um we're really tap tapping into it. Mm -hmm. Um okay. here's here's a great point. I didn't notice that part. Fair enough. Um also again in High Republic, I mean there you can in, in, in Jedi Fallen Order, you can get a, a nice orange creamsicle and it's not mm -hmm. <laughs> dark. But yeah, uh the yeah, phone five. Uh that's the thing we got to go to. We got to ask the question. It's an intentional choice by the designers. So, yeah. So yeah, that's. I think. I think the color orangish reddish is gonna mean something, maybe. Uh, but certainly, even if it doesn't, you got to admit, Dagon and Balon seem to be in this sort of yeah. dark Jedi camp. Essentially, yeah, they, they are. We'll just call them that. They are dark Jedi. Sure. It'd be interesting so, yeah. to see what they if they use a term in Ahsoka about. Yeah, uh, and you know, again, we can talk about uh, what Dark Jedi meant. Is in a bunch of terms. Speaking of terms and defining terms, let's talk about a term: the expanded universe. Yes, the How about that for a segue? I'm good at segues. The topic has come. All right. So the expanded universe. <laughs> Fans have been using this term for Lord knows how long. Uh, really think it kicked off in the '90s. Um. If you really think about it, so I think if we got to think if we want to explore this term, we got to go over the evolution of this term, what it is meant throughout the history of Star Wars, because it has, I think, somewhat changed, somewhat not, and somewhat uh, always has. I, I had to think of a third thing. <laughs> I want to be poetic. Um, so I would say, yeah, kind of three big moments. Mm -hmm. Um, you could argue 1977 was under the mind's eye, but I would argue 1991 to yeah. 2008 in particular when we cemented expanded universe was pretty much a shorthand for 
anything really that had nothing to do with George Lucas's direct involvement or even, you know, his biggest involvement, which was pretty much his six-movie saga. You mm-hmm. know, episode one through episode six, Turn the Jack. That was it. That was it. But everything else was expanded universe. Mm-hmm. You know, the movies had didn't have to work with the, everything else, and everything else had to work with the movie. So that was the expanded universe, simple, clean. 2008, where I think, is when the term starts to get a little wonky with the Clone Wars show. Because in a lot of ways, I consider the Clone Wars show to be George Lucas's own attempt to do his expanded universe beyond the Skywalker saga and beyond just that family, or beyond Anakin, I guess, with you know, Glory the Mandalorian and the Underworld and, you know, clones and other things. <laughs> so... That was George's attempt of expanded universe beyond his... You had a six-movie saga, then you had the Clone Wars now, then you kind of had everything else. But that's mm-hmm. when the term expanded universe really kind of gets messy because it's sort of like, well, technically doesn't really mean anything not George Lucas-related because you have Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but Clone Wars isn't just... I mean, I know some people like to kind of be hardcore and say it's a saga, but it's like I see it as like... This is George's attempt at expanded universe, like with the Jedi and the Sis and all in the ancient, you know, what expanding Star Wars beyond his original, the story of Darth Vader. You know, mm-hmm. the pre, the you know, one through six is the story of Vader. Clone Wars is the story of the Clone Wars, and with Ahsoka, kind of as your main main lead. Anakin has to, happens to be in there too. So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can have characters, you know, in your in non-expanded universe stuff. I mean, Luke yeah. Skywalker, as far as expanded universe and all those characters. So uh, then you get 2012, although the reboot doesn't really happen to 2013, but let's, you know, the buyout yeah. happens, and then, you know, Disney says, it's all technically one universe now. You know, we start with one through six as our baseline, mm-hmm. and then Clone Wars obviously part of that too, and then everything else is now going to be part of this singular universe. You know, it you know, a video game character can appear in a, a TV show. A book character can appear in a video game, which can appear in a TV show. Like, Vanessa's mm. going to do this this, yeah. this month, like sure. Cobb Vance did. You know, all that stuff. There's no there's no real barrier anymore. It is all one Star Wars. There's the term canon. <laughs> and that's where canon comes in, yeah. Yeah. Um, and although, you know, the old Expanded Universe had a canon, it had a continuity. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like to say it was this weird detached thing. I mean, you know, post-Endor, you had Thrawn Trilogy that then bled into Jung Jag Academy, which, you know, we have story arcs yeah. like Mara Jade and Pelion and Card and then the whole Yuuzhan Vong thing and Jason Solo going from birth to death. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's that. So there's the, the, the broad yeah. kind of terminology history of the Expanded mm-hmm. Universe up to today but i oh no i just want to say it's interesting that that little bit with 2008 and i know we're going to get to that more but with the clone wars um remember back to collider jedi council and and i've mentioned this a few times and they did this interesting thing because this was the thinking at the time i guess 2015 2016 just as everything was starting to take off there was they had once they divided the show into two parts it was What's it was? Uh, well, they don't have to show the first, the first section, they had a section section called What's the Deal with Canon? And Canon specifically did include the TV shows, did include yeah. Clone Wars, did include rumors about the Mandalorian or whatever that was going to be. But the first thing was just the films, just the, the sequel trilogy, 
and how so what that reflects then is how tv shows were considered like you're saying with george lucas considered this expanded canon thing happening because the real distinction is films versus everything else um and how disney plus changed all that but <laughs> that's a that's a later discussion yeah um I mean, Clone Wars is weird because it's both legends and canon, like Bo-Katan, both watch both worlds. Um, yeah. and that's only because later EU books, when Clone Wars coming out, started incorporating Clone Wars direct stuff, like Mother mm-hmm. Thousand, Morris Gods, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, but you know, not going to do that. That's that's beyond our pay grade right now. That's too confusing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So officially now, it is all canon. It is all officially one thing. Officially. Officially, but. <laughs> I want to kind of talk about why we still kind of that term sticks around even today. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think that unofficially, unofficially, there was a never a clone attack on Camino. I'm sorry. I, I knew stuff like that. Um, unofficially <laughs> from like the kind of the artistic kind of thing that we're getting into, mm-hmm. there is always going to be somewhat this divide between especially the one through six films. And I'm going to include seven through nine because they want to be part of George's thing. That's, you know, that's very much what they're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then kind of everything else beyond the saga. So now we kind of have unofficially, you have the saga one mm-hmm. through nine Skywalker saga about the family and then everything else. Um, I would like what con you mean? The, Canon means in this context. You mean the context of so Disney era? I think. I, mean, well, I think. Maybe to answer your question, I think what we're doing is kind of digging into some of the vagueness and fuzziness about that because there is there is that term canon <laughs> as if everything is all one, and then there's this legends thing which was canon, but it was this other EU, but now uh, we're talking about what might, and this is this is the next thing, but we'll get to that a bit. What does expanded universe? What could that be? Some sort of middle—I don't know. Middle. I, I'm curious, Joel, as to what what you're thinking. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of weird fuzziness terminology for yeah. sure, especially now because in the old days, like I've said yeah. early on, mm-hmm. it was a hard distinction. Uh, right. Well, that's just because the continuity of that Plagueis book includes a bunch of stuff that can that sometimes is irreconcilable or just no longer applies. Like in the book, Dooku and Palpatine aren't in league with each other, and clearly in Tales of the Jedi, they were in league during Phantom Menace. That's more like small continuity issues, and I can get into a whole thing of like the spirit of legends versus the letter of legends, where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that spiritually could fit in canon canon, but... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of small details and stuff and organizations that don't longer exist and storylines. Yeah. But I think that's less of a canon versus that's continuity. Yeah. Okay. Con- which is, I think, a different thing. Um, Interesting. Okay. At least for me. But yeah. let's, let's get back to the fact to it. So, and I was saying, you know, early on, there was a clear distinction. Six movie saga about Skywalkers, or I guess Anakin time. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like stories about the Mandalorian, stories about Revan, Ancient Sis, Thrawn, Yuzon Vong, all this stuff. 2012 comes. Now it's all supposed to be one thing. It's all one big universe and it all can intersect. But again, to get to the unofficial stuff, I think there is still somewhat a mini divide. It's not official, but it's sort of like in the artistic intense sense between mm-hmm. Lucas's not six movie saga and seven through nine, which is now the Skywalker saga. 
and kind of everything else. Um, and that's kind of where I think why in some ways the term expanded universe unofficially can still apply because it's because the mm -hmm. expanding of the universe sometimes doesn't always line up nicely with that one through now one through nine mm -hmm. saga. Um, I'll give you the like obviously the best example is always going to be you know Luke's Yoda saying you know when gone am I the last of the Jedi will you be and mm -hmm. you know 1980-1983 that was very much Luke you are the last Jedi mm -hmm. all the other Jedi are probably dead go you know get front invader dude mm -hmm. and I think you know seven through nine because I think they're more focused on the saga than the rest of the other stuff going on mm -hmm. still from an artistic inherent standpoint okay. wants to very much still say luke was the last jedi at that time and obviously you know and then when the last jedi comes out you know i will not be the last jedi boom it's ray ray is now the mantle holder mm -hmm. and that and but and from a saga sense i think that's like the story being told but then when you get to new jedi order ray movie which i don't think is going to be called episode 10 i don't want to be called episode 10 yeah. i want it to kind of be again kind of in this unofficial expanded universe thing you might find out oh you know luke had some students that survived or like hey look mm. a mini jedi order that survived in a, on a on a planet hey want to help me out i was actually maybe i'm not really the last jedi in yeah. from the spiritual sense and that's why and you know and then you got other things like ahsoka who's like oh i was around the whole time during the original trilogy and now um or you know cal kestis they were doing stuff or like you know, even even things that are kind of so closely intertwined, like Rogue One and stuff like that. Uh, mm. Or it's like you know, Nobi battling Inquisitors and dealing with Riva. It's sort of like it, uh, officially, yes, it's all canon. It can all connect. You know, mm -hmm. nothing is going to stop them from putting Riva in somewhere else or anything like that. But there's always kind of that unofficial, like here's the story of the Skywalkers now, the Lucas thing, even though seven through nine isn't wasn't had Lucas thing, but it's trying to be Lucas's thing, kind of tied yeah. in there. And then you kind of everything else, which is kind of free to do whatever it wants, more or less. True. And that's kind of where I feel like the term expanded universe still kind of applies mm. in an unofficial sense because unofficially for years it's always Lucas's thing, and then this kind of broader story universe that's being told around it. And I feel like where we have that again, it's just, you know it's now more official, but in the same way, it's, there's still kind of this tier because I feel like, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but it just, it's just my only way to get it all out of my head because <laughs> nothing from the other expanded universe material ever really affected seven through nine, right. but it could have, but it didn't, you know, uh, yeah, you got Ahsoka in Force Ghosty and Kane and Jurors, but that's so minimal. I don't even bother to count it. Maybe like no. if, Saw Guerrera got mentioned in one of these movies, or Ahsoka actually showed up in one of these movies, or I don't know, uh, something from like the High Republic Jedi all showed up, or you know, something like that, where it's like the expanded universe or the, the non saga material really felt affecting the plot of, yeah. the, of the movies. But because it does feel sort of seven through nine, still feel kind of semi isolated, it does still feel like Lucas's saga, everything else, even though it's building itself a universe and a continuity. And that's why I still feel like that term expanded universe in a way still kind of applies, even if officially internally, it probably doesn't. Right. And that's kind of my big argument. I'll let you talk now and kind yeah. of see 
So I think I think I, I noticed myself, but the light bulb go on is okay. This is what you're talking about. This is what you're talking. About. I'm you're so not sorry. really talking about anything outside the films. What you're talking primarily is the relationship of the films to themselves, and yeah. and, and books and comics and everything else too. But no, but specifically, yeah, the relationship of the films to themselves mm-hmm. is one coherent whole. I mean, we can talk about minor differences there, but uh, that they don't refer to anything outside. You know, in part because Rogue One and Solo were even even the fact that you don't count Rogue One and Solo in yeah. this because they were made after all those stories were mm-hmm. done and they don't actually refer beyond the original trilogy. Um, so yeah, I see what you mean. What you're getting at it's this has nothing to do with anything else. It's just to say uh, one through nine are, mm-hmm. are are only self-referential to themselves. Yes, exactly. Whereas uh, everything else. Can be self-referential to each other. Has to be self-referential. Not can be referential to each other. Has to refer to the films. Obviously, um, you know, even talking about High Republic and how that is ultimately about where we get to in Episode One and Episode Three. I always say the end point of the High Republic is Order Sixty Six. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, even though we know formally it's not, but um, that's a moment in the films that the films itself don't refer to the higher public. So, okay, I get what you mean there in part because the popularity, and I think it's out of universe, the popularity of the films are so much higher. Popularity of the saga films are mm-hmm. higher than the standalone films. Where I can see this, well, I mean, it won't matter. I mean, if we have a 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. that'll break that. I, I guess it's, so. it's kind of... I mean, I guess it, what what you're saying here is here are these films. It's a fixed. Sorry, here's, it's a fixed text. It's not a fixed artifact. Now that it's done, that right. we can actually look at it. I, I mean, that's the thing. Is the only way to break that is if you have uh, a 10, 11, 12 that would refer probably mm-hmm. to other things because now, I mean, because I mean, you you you're not debating my paper versus screen thing, right? No, but you're kind of kind of working with the the distinction itself. You're just saying there's also this other r- very similar distinction. Um, That's why I had Saga Canon is kind of the uh, yeah. the thing because yeah. you know, and maybe and maybe that's just how the card was dealt. You know, I mean, I know Colin wanted to do Mortis, and you know how the how that would have gone down. I don't know, but you know, seven through nine, mm-hmm. even Last Jedi reference don't really reference the, the expanded universe there is no ray no. sloan mentioned there is no gallius rex mentioned there is it, it's it's mm-hmm. more building on you know what the other saga films there you know with seven as well you know yeah. and not like you know nine might have palpatine clones sure but that's it's not really a reference to aftermath that's just because hey palpatine talked about immortality he's always been kind of weird like that that's the reference to so the saga films have always ref been more referential to themselves, yeah. Then say Rogue One, which was it brought in Saw Gerrera. I mean, it brought in Jetta. Um, you know, sure. it made Mon Mothma an important player. I guess that's sort of a, a both that is both. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to turn the Jedi, but yeah. Mon Mothma being important and a character that's an expanded universe thing more than she's more an expanded universe character than yeah. she has ever been. You know, got the Ghost Crew in it, had General Harris and Duel. I mean, that's a smaller thing, obviously. And then you got shows like Mandalorian, which, you know, they brought in Cobb Vance. That was referencing Aftermath. Yes. So, 
that's why, you know, or, you know, and things like, oh, Ahsoka is alive and other Jedi are around. Those are very expanded universe ideas mm-hmm. compared to 7 through 9, which I felt referenced were, like, if they were doing research, they most re-researched the saga. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know I just, like, looked up something for, like, a fourth power for Luke in a book. Yeah. But, you know, in kind of the the, the, the meta, artisty, texty thing, the saga is very much insular with itself yeah um and you know and you, you told that about 10 11 12 it might be a way to break that if that's what they want to do mm-hmm. um but that's honestly why i kind of don't want a 10 11 12 i just want ray movie number one and then or new jai order <laughs> movie one the raying and then movie two <laughs> the ray strikes back kind of, like distinguish yeah. this was the skaga this is now this new thing and it's just going to yeah. keep moving the timelines forward <laughs> I mean, that's another way of, of saying it is, is a way of saying that the Skywalker saga is over. Um, yeah, just, yeah, and, and that we they won't be added to because it had to be focused on this one through line of, of this one family. The, and, and interestingly, I mean, it, it's over in part because the last remaining Skywalker is not a Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, unless she's pregnant with Solo. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> I, I really hope that's not the case but yeah yeah I'm, I mean not... you know and also just I think I mean just from kind of the out of universe mm-hmm. band perspective it's like we gotta, we gotta move forward man like mm-hmm. yeah 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 we can talk about honoring George Lucas all we want but it's like yeah. it's own thing now we don't need wipes we can do end credit scenes uh, we can do crossovers do flashbacks um, we can do flashbacks we you have Wookiee do... Jedi we have Wookiee Jedi. <laughs> you know, we don't have to, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think the saga could have, you know, got, we can have Jedi, you know, they didn't have to have, didn't have to be the last Jedi. There were other, say, oh, there were other Jedi around. And yeah. I think, you know, you can say, oh, that ruins the, like, I, it's sort of why I don't care anymore about the whole, when gone am I the last of the Jedi, will you yeah. be? Because to me, it's sort of like, the Skywalker saga is the story of that family. And yeah. sort of why, you know, and you know, I've I've taught I've shown you stuff about how like I don't even agree with the whole the prequels are the story of the failure of the Jedi. No, there's the story of the fall of Anakin mm-hmm. and his bad choices. And you know, I've, I've done we did a whole Filoni and George thing of how they yeah. see that differently. And I don't want to get into that too much into that. Um mm-hmm. you know, if you want to make other stories about other things, go ahead. Yeah. But you know, that the that's now this story. And even if you have Skywalker Saga characters like Vader, like Luke, like Rey, now it's not a Skywalker Saga story. It's just mm-hmm. a new thing, which right. is going to make the, this new Jedi Order film really interesting if it's not called Episode 10, which I don't think it's going to. At least mm-hmm. I kind of hope not. Because um, they're like, even if you come out, if it's saying, well, this is Episode 10 and everything but name, well, again, not really, because they're they they don't want it to be. They want it to start some new stuff and hopefully mm-hmm. successful stuff that we can keep making and yeah. keep expanding upon. Um, here's some interesting quotes just to kind of read. The EU flows from the saga films yeah. in only one direction with the CT aliens appearing in later material. I mean, that's fair. Um, uh, the journey to books has very little to do with what could all be yeah. here on film. I mean, that's, that's, that's true, too. That's kind of what you're getting at, how they just didn't refer to things. They could well, but. well, what's weird about it is less, um, but um, 
I mean, yes I'm, and no. What I'd... things that happened? Because uh, maybe because Ray's alive. I don't. Know. Oh, because Ray's a Skywalker. I, I mean, don't know. And she he is a Skywalker, but it's like is Luke appearing in? A, but is there like is a Luke movie a Skywalker saga movie? Like if they call it Luke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like even Kenobi, which I kind of Kenobi or Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka's in. Like Kenobi, yeah, Kenobi and Ahsoka are the two shows that are going to be most tied in. Yeah, but you know, it's still part of that expanded universe, in my opinion. Even yeah, I, I don't get me wrong, I love Kenobi, and you know, yeah. I think it adds a lot for sure. And you know, it's definitely a, a good addition to the narrative if you want to view it that way. And I do because I like looking yeah. at Star Wars as a whole. But at the end of the day, one through six and one through nine is still this thing this insular thing yeah you know it didn't reference kenobi well kenobi came later obviously so that didn't help either but you know um you know kenobi's still this insular thing i mean the saga still this insular thing kenobi's this new thing mm -hmm. it's building itself around the saga for sure but i still would count it more you know but i think other yeah. things are that are not the saga or have a far chance of referencing it than the saga itself because hey the saga's sure. over and also kind of well you know you did your thing already, so mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. So I'll, I'll say two things about your overall thesis here. Is mm -hmm. again, I I get it tracks in terms of, you know, I mean the the classic thing you're gonna ask J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson to read these novels. You have to use this thing, and you have to reference this event that happened, even even in Clone Wars and Rebels or whatever. You know, um, you know, you're, they're not gonna do that. Kathleen Kennedy wasn't gonna do that. The thing I always bring up. Wedge and Tilly's, uh, so so uh, Tem and Wexley and Tilly's crashes his fight X-wing fighter and dies in a blaze of glory, and then Wedge and Tilly's, hey, I'm here to save the day, everybody, and so this so this gets at what you're saying. It also gets at why, uh, where where it still works, but the thing I've been saying for the last year and a half is. Uh, all these other stories also affect the way we interpret the films. Oh right? yeah, and so mm -hmm. and that's what say Kenobi is doing is this interpolation. It's an interpretation mm -hmm. of Revenge mm -hmm. of the Sith and A New Hope, but it's also an yeah. interpolation of saying, okay, why is Kenobi all of a sudden? Well, not all of a sudden, but you know, we we leave him. Um, you know, the the order has fallen. His family's destroyed. He's uh, in the middle of nowhere, 10 years later, in the middle of Tatooine, watching over Luke. But, you know, 10 years later, we see expectedly he's very, you know, like Luke on Octo. He's very much given up. He's he's packaging meat and, you know, helping Luke and Ben and, and Brew, Owen and Brew as much as they can. But kind of given up, he's still lamenting the loss of Anakin. Then he's able to, to turn. This is the linchpin. He's able to turn and move towards Luke and Leia. And so that's the, uh, that has an influence on impact on why we see then in a new hope, Leia's uh, hologram, help me open Kenobi. You're my only hope. Uh, how much that adds to that oh, yeah. moment. Um, mm -hmm. The big thing I, I think about there is uh, even within the, the Lucas saga, uh, the relationship between films was mutable. And so, uh, you know, I mean, the classic example of Vader, Luke and Leia being 
family, <laughs> the thing we're talking about, Skywalkers. Uh, you know, in 1977, George Lucas didn't know that. By 1979, by 1980, we all have I Am Your Father. And in 1983, we have And You Have a Sister. And so all that, and then we have to watch A New Hope differently now. Right? Uh, the larger scale, and this is one of my prequelist tenets, really, how the original trilogy was irrevocably changed. The text itself. And so this is what we're getting at is what is the text? This is right. this meta conversation that we had about a year, year and a half ago, right? If you want to go back to our Iron Cannon channel, find that. But I'll, I'll recap it again, right? A text does, in, in on one level, it does exist. I, I don't know. Uh, here. This Lando comic. I have this Lando comic. It exists and contained, and it is what it is. But when I read it, I'm going to interpret, and I'm going to respond to it in a different way than you are because we're Ooh. different people. We have different oh, yeah. contexts and whatnot. Um you know, well, a better one, uh, you know, th this character here, you know, um, say if you have if you read this cold and not know what's going on, uh, you know, this one refers to everything that's happened over a number of years in her, her life, her story. Um, okay, who, who is this Santa character? Who's this Magda Tolvin character? It's just a different interpretation. Is it a different text? Maybe that's the thing, it's a different book. Um, in 1999 in to 2005, the original trilogy became three different films than they were before. And, you know, because before some things were vague, Yoda and Obi-Wan on a log, they could have been reminiscing about anything that fits their description vaguely. And we did an, an interesting episode with this, with uh, Cal Katarn a while back. Uh, Leia and Luke's mother could have been anyone fitting Leia's description. Um, also, there's the fuzziness of the details. I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, watching the original trilogy after 2005, all those are set. That's a different text. Obi-Wan and Yoda are recalling nothing other than the very events we see in the prequel trilogy. Leia is only talking about Padme. Maybe Brea. Maybe. Knows. There we go. Oh, there's the cat. There we go. Good job. Um, and, and again, of course, with both examples, you know, with Obi-Wan Yoda, with, with Leia, the, mm -hmm. Luke and Leia and their mother, uh, the details are fuzzy. We know that. Mm -hmm. But uh, now we can. I would argue maybe we have to have an in-universe interpretation that that is a function of memory, and especially childhood memory with Leia, rather right. than the fact that Lucas just hadn't, George Lucas just hadn't nailed down those details yet, or decided to change the details with the timeline with, with Leia and Padme and, and their mother. Um Mm -hmm. I remember my mother, you know, that, that whole thing. So, you know, I, again, I get what you're seeing. You're saying mm -hmm. in terms of actual concrete story decisions, artistic decisions, mm -hmm. but so it works on both levels. This is what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, it yeah, works yeah. on both levels. There is the text in itself in Latin. Mm -hmm. There's also the text, uh, I think, didn't all appreciate this as the song in itself. And then there's the song with the, the crowd and the audience. And um, how, two different things. So I'd yeah. like to expand on this idea of text a little bit. Um, so because I think, I think what I'm trying to get at is in a weird way, you know, people, I can't be silly. Um, uh, people, you know, people, I think can rightfully argue Star Wars is, 
one singular story. I take a little issue with that, not in mm. kind of that sense of like, you know, it's like, oh, I like I like how seeing how things in the higher public affect, you know, Jai Fallen Order and stuff like that, and you know, kind of in the in the historical Survivor, sense. Yeah. But in kind of the, the artistic meta sense, I think mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of necessarily looking at every entry in Star Wars as a singular book. Mm-hmm. Like I would argue one through nine is one book, one singular book called the Skywalker yeah. saga, you know, it's a little weird, you know, cause it's sort of like, well, it would really one person. And then obviously, you know, sequel kind of brought two more people in, mm-hmm. um, just kind of making this odd epilogue, but it's there. It's now that it's now that the Skywalker yeah. saga, the rise of Skywalker Mandal- is part of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Mandalorian, like <laughs> Mandalorian, you know, people say, oh, it's episode 7.9. I don't agree with that. I think Mandalorian, it's another book. Yeah. The Mandalorian, another book. Ahsoka, another book. Hmm. Maybe you could argue the, the, the Filoni film is part of, a, it's a bigger book. But, hmm. you know, I won't get into, it's going to get a little weird. Andor, its own book. Rogue yeah. One, its own book. You know, the Ray film. Yeah, Ray the Skywalker. Deal with it. But it's, <laughs> A different book. I don't yeah. think it's part of the Skywalker saga. It might come off that way maybe when you watch it because, you know, that's kind of what they wanted to do, but also they want to do its own thing. But yeah. that series will be its own book, an own book series. Mm-hmm. Um, High Republic books is its own mega book in yeah. itself. I would even argue the Clone Wars series, the series that has Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, Dooku, that's a different book. That's mm-hmm. not the sky. That's not a dish. It's 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 yeah. it, it is built upon the, the 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 foundation of the of the prequels for sure, but it's its own book. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, well, that's just true. Um, but yeah, um, but I would argue, but I see that's sort of where I kind of would come at it. It's sort of like mm-hmm. I think you have some people. I mean, it's not wrong to like read a book and then look at a different book another way for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not saying you can't do that. In fact, you know, do what you want. But I kind of feel mm-hmm. like it's more like when you take the hard stance of like, this is one big book. It's called Star Wars. Yeah, and, you know, if you want to have that perspective, sure, that's that's all well and good. You know, I I do too. You know, I love seeing sure. like you know how Vader. But it's like even the even the Vader comics. It's it's yeah. about Darth Vader, the chosen one himself. I think that they're different books. I don't think they are. Skywalker saga is not part of the Skywalker saga. Right. I think even Vader having his own adventures is mm. not part of the Skywalker saga book. It's a different book. It just happens to be about Vader. Yeah. I know that sounds a little weird to say, but it's sort of like again, in mm. terms of like the text, you know, when you're reading the text after, you know, Empire Return of the Jedi, Vader's not going, oh, I had to deal with Kira and then all this <laughs> stuff with Afra and the red the yeah. Some Vermont cage, like this would be this Death Star thing, but it worked out. The Vermont cage incident made me tired. I didn't even know. You know, yeah. um, I mean, a comic book might actually do that. <laughs> dial, but. <laughs> um, but you know, in terms of text, mm-hmm. I see them as different text, even if it's all part of yeah. this singular universe. Um, in kind of like it's like I don't know, it's like the Bible's got multiple books, like, yeah. I was just gonna go, say, yeah. Book of this and book of that and book of him and book of them and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't remember all the books names, but okay. you know, it's, I think it's like Star Wars too, and also just different authors having different interpretations of the universe. Mm-hmm. 
and writing different texts and stories with it. And obviously that's when the whole is it canon, is it not thing comes in. Obviously they are all canon. They all can affect each other and all the authors are going to build off each other, mm-hmm. obviously. We are, we are seeing that both in film and on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think kind of you, if you want to, it's almost like we're are asking, it's kind of like you kind of got two groups of people, ones who love to see the text as fluid, which I mean, I do inherently. I, I don't think I'm sure. saying I never do. Yeah. But if you're like looking at the original text and you want to see like what is the original interpretation of the text, then you kind of mm. have to almost look at it very differently, even though, you know, if you're especially depending on how you're looking at it. Again, if you're looking at one through six as a singular text, then you know that's what is George's whole overarching thing with one through six. Again, if you're looking at one through nine, if you're mm-hmm. looking at through four through five, throw through nine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you talk. Now. I, so I that's really interesting. You use the the technology of the book or the technology of the codex, which because that developed at least in the West in the Middle Ages, <laughs> and how um, yeah, that is where we get this idea of one self-contained linear progression because that's how you read a book right you open it up you go from one to another i mean before that there was a scroll the papyrus (laughs) scroll which you also had to be linear and had to be contained and those two technologies are similar it is easier to flip back and forth in a book but then you see back there you stick them on these literal books the silver book you stick them on a shelf next to each other and you pull one out, you put one back. Yeah. So I, I do see what you're saying um, in that. Yeah. I mean, I will say uh, what I've, we said before is uh, Mando's what Mando one to three, one, two and three book of Boba Fett, uh, Ahsoka. And, um, yeah. Ahsoka skeleton crew. It's part of the same the, book series. Those are, no, I'd modern. say those are one book. Okay. Interesting. And then, the finale to that book is the throne is the big film, the Filoni film. I'd say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do get what you're saying. What maybe we're getting at is Star Wars then is a library, an interconnected library collection mm-hmm. of, uh, Oh, it's a series. It's a saga, but yeah, I mean, franchise. <laughs> yeah, a franchise then has this great point. There's one series. It's called a book. <laughs> Boba Fett, um, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, well, I think what we're getting at here is there really is a both and in, in this, and that because that's the thing with the Bible, right? It It is a both and in that there are, and, and you don't want to talk about uh, original intent, right? There, you know, we believe maybe there was this guy called, well, this is an interesting example. There we go. I'm doing this. This is happening. This is happening. So there's a guy, a uh, guy called, oh, let's, here's an example. What, what's a good example? We really believe there was this guy called Isaiah. And he yeah, really, real and, name. yeah, real guy. He lived at this certain time and he set out to write this, this prophecy about, uh, yeah, about the Israelites from uh, a certain time period and how they were going to get taken off, taken away into exile. Uh, so that's, but that's only Isaiah 1 to, 4, 1 to 39. Mm-hmm. Then a school of Isaiah later on uh, says, okay, well, we're, we're in the exile. We're actually going to be, 
we believe we're actually going to be returned back. We have a different perspective, a different aim. We're going to just stick on our collection onto his and say, okay, now actually here's, here's how it works in Star Wars. Okay. That's like 39, 42, I don't know, 56 or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third Isaiah, but it's all called Isaiah, called one book. That's kind of like uh, this original Isaiah is George Lucas. And then you have J.J. Uh, Abrams and Ryan Johnson sticking on, you know, but that's just one one book, one initial thing. It's but funny then, something. It's like, does the Bible have like an author who's like a George? And then you just answered it. So, yeah, sorry. you know, but, it's like, well, isn't it multiple? But um, is that but then here's so here's uh, maybe this is kind of what maybe expanded universe. This doesn't fully work, but. Then you get this, well, we get this guy named Jesus, but you get this community of people named, uh, you get this guy named Mark, and then this other guy, maybe with his community, they're named Matthew and Luke, and they're looking at Isaiah and looking back, saying, oh, yeah, this Jesus guy, he did things sort of like that. Let's interpret Isaiah in light of what Jesus does. Um among other, you know, for example, so the, there's a, a very famous chapter in the second Isaiah, where the, the group of people who are going from exile. Sorry, I'm really nerding out. This is twice in one episode. <laughs> no, go. no, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, and I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to get back on track here, but so there's a chapter in the second part of Isaiah talking about a suffering servant who is going to redeem the world. And initially, that means Israel in exile is going to suffer and then be redeemed uh, for the world and in God's big plan. They, the early Christians look back and say, oh, this is like what happens with Jesus on the cross. Okay, we're going to actually now interpret Isaiah differently because of what happens with Jesus later. Um, I think that kind of sort of works in what I'm getting at in that the, you know, the, it works through the library, the story moves through the library across the different books. And so it, again, it, I guess what, maybe what I'm saying is I like to emphasize the connections, uh, and oh. you do too, but oh, yeah. it, it, it is helpful. And, it, and this is the, this has been the debate in biblical scholarship for the last 200 years especially it is helpful to look at these look at what this first isaiah chapters 1 to 39 what this guy cared about what this guy wanted to do um and and we want to say but then also to reflect on what that might mean for the wider story but also how does the wider story reflect on that so it it goes both ways it's all over the place um Yeah. The way I this is how I will I will try to modernize your words to kind of yeah. to try to to kind of simplify it. It'd be like okay, like Isaiah's George, he wrote the original book, and then somebody came and then he threw like and then like okay, fans, here it is. But I'm also gonna let you write stories in this universe I made, and then it's like, well, I'm gonna write about this character who teamed up with Jesus and fought some bad guys. And like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write about these this group of of, of rogue scoundrels yeah. who were around during this time they fought the romans um mm-hmm. you know 
And, you know, um, I'm going to kind of add to this modern context now. Like, we, we did see all these notes. Let's go back to kind of modern context. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes Star Wars so unique about the expanded universe is George essentially just let uh, let most of his franchise really from the 90s or even earlier, if you want to get yeah. to Marvel Comics, he essentially allowed for official fan fiction. Yeah, that's a, what Star you're getting Wars. at here. Yeah, um, and they called it canon. And, you know, they built a continuity. You know, originally in the 90s, you know, it built a continuity. You know, you mm-hmm. had Tim Zahn, then Kevin J. Anderson, Tom Veitch, uh, Stackpole, all fans of Star Wars. Yeah. George hired them because they were they were professional novelists, obviously. Yeah, they knew um, you what know, they, they were, were doing, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. that's important. They're not going to hire, you know, somebody off the internet. But, you know, they were official <laughs> novelists. And it's like, hey, you can essentially write Star Wars fan fiction, put your own OCs. You can maybe use some of my characters. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to honor it because at the end of the day, it's my film, it's my world. But, you mm-hmm. know, you can all build your own little continuity up and, you know, mm-hmm. The only difference is now is that they're doing the same thing. It's just, I would argue, mm-hmm. yeah, movies and TV shows are part of it because, you know, what is what is all this but just very big budget fan fiction? And That's I don't true. want to say that it's disparaging. You know, yeah. it's all the themes, but it's like, what is fan fiction but fiction of a universe that's not the original creator mm-hmm. involved? You know, you can make fan fiction. I can make fan fiction. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it is both of the original. It is in it's using the works of the original creator, but telling your mm-hmm. own story from it. That's what very much D and D is all about to a certain yeah. extent. He built the universe, right. and now you get to play in it. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm just trying to see here. I feel like we've we've kind of kind yeah. of set our piece to a certain extent. But I just kind of want to see if you had any like oh, and uh, then I was referring to my bookshelf of novels here. We always have the Jedi Library, but I oh, got yeah, my own little mini Jedi Library behind yeah. me. Actually, this is an actual piece. Although that works books. perfectly, right? The Jedi Archive. <laughs> these are actually so. history books of real my, my So the answer, is yes, books. we always refer to the libraries. <laughs> oh, but you're talking about. Oh, you're talking about the actual background. Background. Yeah. I thought we were talking about our rooms and like. No. Oh well, these are history books for. Um, <laughs> What was uh, yeah, but, in terms of the fan fiction thing, yeah, I mean, I, I I do see what you're saying. Again, especially this especially works if the Skywalker saga is over, because yeah. this is it. That's all we got. Um, you know, George Lucas isn't around to tinker and insert Ahsoka into uh, into a new hope, right? He's not going to do that. Uh, someone that actually, this is this is actually kind of the weird thing about the little bits and pieces and who knows how much it would have changed if George went saw it through, you know, you know, where you start and where you end is always going to be different. So, you know, everyone gets kind of up in arms about like, Oh my God, they were going to use this concept. It's like they're concepts. Once you actually start shooting, yes. you kind of have to really nail it down. Sure. You kind of have, and then you can kind of go in a completely opposite direction. Um, uh, but it would have been interesting yeah. kind of, you the know, film. <laughs> well, not even just not that too, but even, even Lucas is like bringing back Maul and sort of like, that's yep. such a Clone Wars specific thing, um, and that's such a reference to, to Clone Wars. Yeah. That, that kind of would have, that kind of honestly, in a weird way, would have elevated Clone Wars even more in terms of mm. its its kind of importance to it being part of the text. But because it didn't happen, you know, now I kind of think of Clone Wars a different text. Um, yeah, I mean, Solo you know, again, the Solo reveal Solo. it would have, but Solo, if you're uh, in your your scheme here, is still an EU. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I would argue that's why Clone Wars in kind of the meta artsy tech sense is sort of in for new canon sake is the, is the new foundation of the EU because so many story plots are being, you know, sure. if you honestly, if you look at modern star Wars mm -hmm. and I kind of said this a little bit about Mandalorian being like cartoons in a certain extent, but if you look at honestly, a lot of modern star Wars, that's not the saga. Most of it's all coming from clone wars, even more than one through four. I mean, one through yeah. six at this point, I mean, obviously, you know, you get characters like Vader showing up. It's sort of like the Mandalorian. Where'd that arc start? In Clone Wars. Where'd the Solo stuff? Clone Wars. You know, mm -hmm. Mortis, Ahsoki stuff? Clone Wars. Andor, Sagarera? Clone Wars. Like, yeah. if anything, modern Star Wars is more of a continuation of Clone Wars than it even is of 1 through 6. The only thing that I honestly think is a continuation of more 1 through 6 and kind of pulls more from that is Kenobi, the sequels, that's kind of it. Maybe Andor. Um, no, Andor no. still got Sagarera. Like yeah, Andor. Andor's like a hybrid for sure. Yeah. But Rogue One is more of a buildup of Clone Wars. So it's it. Yeah. I you know I don't want to give too hard labels to any of this really. Yeah. But you know if you just kind of look at it, it's sort of like you know kind of the the foundations of it all. It's sort of like yeah. Clone Wars is way more than even George's one through through six. I mean, obviously you know one through six is where Clone Wars starts from. So yeah. But you know, kind of like yeah. the branches and all. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, even uh, <laughs> it, it almost to say Clone Wars is somewhere in the middle. Right? It certainly can get. It has its own. Yeah. It does uh, walk both worlds. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 this is what you're saying. It's foundational in the way that the films can be, but maybe it, more so just given what the stories that they're telling. Because maybe they, they're more afraid to touch those. Because I mean, that's another thing with the the medium. It's the medium of, of a television show, mm -hmm. and the medium of a television show taking the time to to explore these things. Yeah. To use the text metaphor again, Clone Wars is if George had written another book, like yeah. Skywalker Saga one through six, and then Glare decide oh, I'm going to make another book. Yeah, Clone Wars. They're going to use all my same characters, but it's another book. And now I mean, people are. Yeah. Sure. And most people are using that book as kind of their their kind of lord than the other book. I mean, obviously, it is, but it still kind of comes from yeah. the same creator. And it's also why after the the after twenty twelve, Clone Wars is still completely canon, right? Mm -hmm. it didn't it survived the changeover because it's a George Lucas thing? So yeah, that's he wouldn't have, and he wouldn't have sold it to Disney because it's his baby, really. Uh, I wonder if. Both George, I wonder if George Lucas feels. Here's the thing. Here's a way of putting it. I think George Lucas loves Clone Wars as much as he loves the, the Saga films. Like he he feels as connected and as dear to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like yeah. He, he was definitely. I mean, Clone Wars is kind of what kind of got him a little bit more reinvigorated to do seven through uh, seven yeah. through nine before he realized I'm old and I'm gonna get tired. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the energy anymore, but. One thing to do a cartoon, so now to do a whole movie again. Yeah. Uh, so you know, yeah, I mean, he he really got in, involved with with mm -hmm. Clone Wars, but it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like, it's it's sort of like it's it's always more like a fan thing for me where I get a little annoyed if like Clone Wars is episode three point five or I mean two point nine or something like that. You know, if if you truly believe that, that's fine. But I like to I look mean, at Clone Wars as a different text by the yeah. same author. If we're using kind of the text metaphor, the he only thing go back. Like no, you go. I, it's not. 
It's not like with the prequels where it's like he took the OT text, he took the book, and like, well, I'm going to just add pages in the back and start yeah. writing it. It didn't like stuff the Clone Wars into another book. He decided, no, this is a separate book. Yeah. The only thing I will use the, the point, whatever, <laughs> is for Kenobi. That, that to me is the closest we get from what I was saying before. The, the, the hinge for Obi-Wan, which is a major character oh. in both, both trilogies, both, a, major, a very important character in both trilogies. That's his hinge. So that's the only time because it also deals with Anakin and Vader. So, but I, again, I, I do see what you mean. Like, it's it's Deborah Chow interpreting text. and interpolating, right? Yeah, it, totally. Like, I, I still would use the text metaphor of like, it's still a separate book written by Deborah Chow and Daryl an Joby Harrell. <laughs> Joby Harrell. Like, but, I, but I still yeah. would think that, you know, you know, they were very much looking at one through run through six a lot more yeah. than even clone and a little bit of rebels because we got the inquisitors but i think for the most part like they took more of the the pure yeah, maybe that's ones. why because it isn't as indebted to clone wars it's far more indebted to the, the saga films right and i would argue something like rogue one even solo you know all mm. of the disney plus series with the exception of maybe kenobi are indebted more to yeah. clone wars um I mean that's kind of what I'm getting at is is mm-hmm. Kenobi is the one exception. It's the one, and so that's why maybe I'm also again willing to say kind of three point five here. I wouldn't begrudge anybody. I just you said know, that by so. the way. No, I don't. This think... is all terminology and and ways of short forms for interpretations and experiences. I do really like what Din was saying up here. Uh, this one here, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the emotional canon, if you will. You can talk about that sort of oh, thing yeah. about life and about real life, about which, which apparently Visions does such a great job as well. So, like, I'll never be like, "How dare you think Kenobi is episode three point five? I mean, it was marketed that way too, so yeah. it can't yeah, help that's... but kind of think about that too." But I kind of like looking at it kind of like as like the a kind of a cold, not I mean, kind of a brutal academic sense as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, but obviously, yes, I'm going to totally watch episode four now and like, you know, like, oh my God, Kenobi seen the twins and he saw little Leia and they helped out. And like now he's, yeah. he sees the hope of the future. Um, mm-hmm. You know, emotionally, yes. Um, I guess it's kind of a, a final, mm-hmm. a final kind of point in the epilogue. I mean, I've talked about this before, but. Yeah. Let's talk about the hopefully, you know, Rider Strike, hopefully get some, some studios, get them what they want, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, um, the future screen material um, in terms of like where, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not going to be the saga, but sort of like, I'm curious, kind of like, kind of maybe talk about where do you think it might be more indebted to will be the book of Clone Wars or the book of Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, yeah. kind of maybe, I mean, obviously, you know, because because the weird thing about a lot of Star Wars is maybe High Republic, I mean, maybe, I guess High Republic, I guess, kind of is doing that, but I would even argue High Republic still indebted itself to Clone Wars a little bit more. Is nothing, I mean, obviously, maybe that's because it's not the original creator. There's not been another book that's kind of really like everything kind of pulls from, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's definitely lore things that pull from High Republic, but I don't feel yeah. like High Republic created a a sort of a massive thematic ecosystem in a in the same way Clone Wars or even the, the saga. The gravity well. Here's a, here's a metaphor for you. There are two okay. gravity wells. Yeah. It's the saga and it's Clone Wars. So exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I love High Republic, and I think it's yeah. doing a great job. Oh, it, it's, it's still... as I said, the end of High Republic is Order sixty six. Yeah, but still, I, I will. Sorry. Yeah, but still, very much in Clone Wars's ecosystem. So I'm kind of curious, like you know, when the Ray film hits, when mm-hmm. the Dawn of the Jedi movie by Mr. Mangold hits, mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what they do. The Florian film a little less so because that's ultimately built up to what we've been seeing for the last several years, which is, again, all connected to Clone Wars. And obviously, Floney himself is, I mean, you know, the co-author of Clone Wars, yeah, I would argue. You know, I think, you know, definitely, you know, it, it's still George Lucas' book, but George Lucas and Dave Filoni, kind of the co-authors. Yeah. And obviously, you know, other writers, too. There are a bunch of them. I'm not going to discount them, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, because, again, I I kind of don't want this Jedi Order film to be episode... 10, 11, 12, or but obviously, I don't think they're going to because, like you said last week, you put a 10, you're committing yourself to two more movies. Yeah. They don't want to do that. They want to just see how this goes. And if it's successful, then they'll make more. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that kind of then kind of says, this is a new thing. This is not, this, this is a new true text. So I think that kind of, from a fan perspective, doesn't get people all kind of eh, whacked yeah. up about like you're messing with the text uh, already. You're, you're making your own way, which is, you know, why things like all the other non-saga films, I think, are less polarizing because it's their own thing at the end of the day. Even less if they have stake. original, less at stake, less yeah. original characters. But also, I'm kind of curious if there, if there will ever be another Gravity Well like Clone Wars or the saga ever again, mm-hmm. or sort of like everything will kind of, in some way, these are the two Gravity Wells. These are kind of always going to be the two Gravity Wells. Yeah. Maybe something like Dawn of the Jedi, even being so far away. Mm-hmm. But you can still see the gravity well in Clone Wars, or you can still see the gravity well in the Skywalker saga. Yeah, and I'm just kind of curious. I mean, that's just kind of something I think about a lot. I mean, we talk about High Republic, and yeah, I mean, I'll think about how it's more indebted to Clone Wars. I think of it more in terms of (coughs) the prequel trilogy. But uh, again, it's so big and so beloved, so beloved and, and so popular. Maybe I mean, especially in terms of all the things they're setting up, not just for Phase Three, but for the next thing moving backwards. Um, you know, even the way they used Phase One to set things up for Phase Two, which is using things to set up for Phase Three, the time jump. Yeah, uh, I, I do wonder if that's a possibility. Not going forward, certainly for storytelling storytelling in in that little pocket between high republic and phantom menace i mean it's that's still kind of the phantom menace moving towards that the beeline there um yeah that's a good question i mean especially the thing you talk about the ray film yeah it's going to be saying its own thing it's going to be doing its own thing precisely because it refers back to the sequel trilogy it refers back it's not doing its own thing necessarily and that's how continuity works of course yeah i mean well here's another thing to say though is in 1977 george lucas did not set out to do this make this gravity well in 2008 he did not set out to make this gravity well Uh, it just became it just took off and was so both of those were just so great stories and compelling stories and um especially you know a new hope star wars spread like wildfire through the culture and hit a nerve that not just Star Wars. I mean, Battlestar Galactica. 
is indebted to directly indebted to just Star Wars. I mean, even that other Star franchise, Star Trek, <laughs> you know, it's really Deep Space Nine. So, yeah, and, and specifically to the original trilogy. So, yeah, I'd be eh, some prequels too, but the timeline, I mean, the time, the real world timeline doesn't work there. But yeah, uh, I mean, it would take can... a lot. It would take a yeah. lot, and it would take. It would just have to happen unintentionally. You know what uh, I mean? Oh, I, I agree. I think I don't think we'll ever and I'm not saying it's like a cynical thing, I think it's think it's just the facts. You know, George was the original creator. He's he's not gonna come at it from a, a mentality of legend behind him. He just oh, you know, he made yeah. the thing. You know, everyone else, unless you're maybe Tony Gilroy, but even then Tony Gilroy, you know, the studio not not necessarily because I think the studio's like interfering. I mean, I like yeah. Andrew was like, I think Tony Gilroy do what he wanted, but I think even Tony Gilroy's like, you know, I'm playing in a sandbox. I'm not making the the yeah. new thing here. Um, even even someone like James Mangold, who gets a lot of time behind him, is still probably yeah. looking like, you know, I'm still playing in George's sandbox. I get to maybe add my own little tweaks to it, but I think you know, mm-hmm. you still you, nothing really can ever. There's always going to be George, and then kind of everyone else in, in yeah. kind of like the most egalitarian sense of like. It no yeah. one will ever reach that pinnacle. I think it will always be right. built upon. Like they'll always look George, even in small ways. Yeah. Um, oh, always. I mean, the, the whole existence of the thing. I right, do have a question for you though. If okay. see what you think about this. Okay. Um, because there were was no old Republic film. There was no mm-hmm. ancient Jedi film, mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there? Maybe it was Tales of the Jedi, or something that did serve. I mean. Uh, everything, Revan's story, Bane's story. Oh, no, that doesn't quite work with the real world timeline. But maybe, especially something about Tales of the Jedi, did that serve as a paper EU uh, gravity well, a comics gravity well? I know Tales of the Jedi spans such a long period of time. Honestly, so yes, mm-hmm. yes, in, yeah. in a weird way. So, yeah, maybe not aesthetically because they wanted to make it more like the original trilogy in later games. But yeah. from a story perspective, Tale of the Jedi, very much the foundations yeah. upon which the first Old Republic games built on, the second one, and then the third one, which tried to mm-hmm. tie in all three. So, and even the Bang books to a smaller extent. Yeah. But yeah, those, those Tale of the Jedi, that's where Korriban comes from. That's where the yeah. cis and the species and the homeworld come from. So and in some ways, yeah, Tale of the Jedi is kind yeah. of the Clone Wars of the Old Republic era yeah. in terms of like, Here's this singular kind of comic series. I actually didn't span just like, like a thousand years. Okay. And kind of was the, but in, in another way too, but I'll, I would argue this that's what the Thrawn trilogy was for the post Endor yeah. era. You know, Thrawn trilogy very much set the foundations. Like, you know, in the old EU, Thrawn trilogy was mm-hmm. the foundation for the post Endor era. Tale of the Jedi was the foundation for the, um, you the, know, old, the yeah. old Republic era for yeah. sure. And I guess, you know, maybe maybe in some ways that's what these three, well, maybe not the Filoni film, but these two other films could do if they can be yeah. foundation. I mean, I think in some ways they want to be foundations for things moving forward with Rey and her new Jedi Order. Yeah. But also, Tell the Jedi is 25,000 years yeah. in the past. You, yeah. you don't think they want to move forward starting 25,000 years back and moving forward? Like, that can open up all sorts of stories yeah. if done right. So, you know what? In, in some ways, maybe... Maybe it'll never reach the like, true heights of Clone Wars because even that, there's always going to be a little bit of that, you know, 
you're always going to build off of Lucas yeah. unintentionally or not. But I do think maybe you're right in terms of like Possible. this is going to set up this. These two films could set up decades of storytelling if they're if they are really mm. really hard hitting in the same way. You know, the Thrawn trilogy did second set up decades yeah. of post Endor EU storytelling and Tales of the Jedi set up the whole Revan saga, Old Republic thing. So, so yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I will debate myself and say, especially with Thrawn, Thrawn trilogy, that was still looking back to the, the original trilogy. But it, it's, um, it, I think it's a, but, I think. But like within it, the paper canon, there mm -hmm. are these little, like I do think yeah. the Aftermath trilogy itself serves as like that a little bit. A little bit with Mandoverse for sure in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're you're right because so. I mean you're right about the Thrawn trilogy, but you know Mara J Thrawn Pelion ideas yeah. and concepts that kind of were started in the Thrawn trilogy. True. Yeah, the aesthetically it's it's building off from the OT, but the Thrawn yeah. trilogy itself pushed yeah. forward. Jorah Sabaoth. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Luke starting a Jedi Academy. Yeah. You know, Jedi yeah. School founding a new Jedi Order, which I guess mm -hmm. you know we always thought we were going to happen anyway. But you know. That those yeah. storylines just push forward and forward and forward. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just aesthetics. It can be ideas. Sure. Like, again, Clone Wars. Clone Wars set up a Mando story, and two decades later, look at where we are. You know, yeah. kind, kind of, we kind of reached a milestone in that story just a couple months ago. Yeah. You know, Ahsoka. Ahsoka's had this whole storyline that's going through th three whole uh, eras of Star Wars. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it, the, I, I, those things can happen still. I, I, I think you're yeah. right. Maybe I was being a little over cynical. Like, well, yeah, I think again, it'll, it'll happen unintentionally. Mm -hmm. Without, you know, I don't think the folks making this Old Republic film are maybe. I mean, maybe they're hoping. Disney's probably hoping it rakes in all the dough, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe especially if it's surprising and compelling, the way A New Hope was such a shock to everything and such a shock and compelling to you know our entire culture so right. yeah, yeah. i mean you know they don't want to just make one ray movie and then okay ray's over bye bye ray no. you know daisy ridley's in the prime of her life and her career they're gonna want to show ray maybe starting up with, with four students and then you know three five ten film players he got a hundred like mm -hmm. now we gotta fight the big battle but you know i mean whether or not i don't know if, i think they want to do it a little more naturally see like oh this is gonna work it's gonna work and if it's worth like yay show us more ray building her her jedi academy mm -hmm. um and obviously you know not just tell one story 25 years in the past and be done with it tell one story 25 years in the past see how it does obviously if it does great you know keep telling more stories in the past maybe maybe you have a character you really like who it appeared like Keep going with them, you know, and hopefully, yeah. you know, it keeps keep those storylines keep keep on trucking. That's what yeah. you want. That's just a so, franchise. But um, uh, I just want to go back see different things. Yeah. Do we talk about this story vectors? Uh, one thread that occasionally we've seen other threads. Yeah, I mean that's I, that's what we're getting. At. Like, I mean, this this annoying teenager that we all. I mean, yeah. I didn't care, but uh, people didn't like is now. <laughs> The most beloved and greatest television character of all time. Um, that this yeah. is a great point, Sam. Also, yeah, everyone, you know, every every culture, every country, every culture <laughs> has its own history, <laughs> and so we all. I mean, we all, and there are world religions that different cultures come to and come into. But 
yeah, there's different views. I mean, when you, when a different culture goes into and interacts with that religion, sometimes it's a violent, problematic interaction often. Uh, but also just a different perspective on it too. So, and yeah. I I really like the I actually really now like the text idea and the idea yeah. of books, which obviously yeah. you know we're, we're paper cans, so that's kind of what we're seeing. Even though yeah, we're right. making reference to movies, although we did make reference to books like The High Republic again, yeah. um, which I do think. I do, I, you know, I, I, I take it back a little bit of High Republic. I do think High Republic yeah. will, if you know, if it goes beyond just paper cannon, and I mean, it is, it can get it is, but, it's already gone beyond, like we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna adventure, but like, you know, if we got like a High Republic movie set in the uh, I would love a High Republic movie set when the High Republic officially starts, starts like whenever the timeline books say High Republic starts, because I don't yeah. think there's any, I don't think well, we have the, day uh, one yeah, from the uh, the uh, what's it called the ever any exile yeah whenever whenever that happens maybe we can move about that like 500 but yeah but i i would love to see like you know when i think acolyte's gonna do this i hope <laughs> young Jedi adventures is kind of young Jedi adventures in weird ways kind of my my actually my better example of it where it's like yeah. take the high republic which is sort of the era look at the books kind of look at the aesthetic it's going for it's in the make a story, you know. Don't don't worry about the Nile. Don't worry about the the plot yeah. points. Just here's a what story. What were the Jedi like here. at this time? Yeah, what were the Jedi like in the time? Where were the what was like the, the the what was the vibe? What was the mood? Mm-hmm. And kind of make a story around that. You know, Jedi Survivor kind of does that a little bit. With like, it doesn't worry about. You don't mm-hmm. have to know anything about the High Republic really to play that game or understand. Just know this is called. He's a Jedi from an era called the High Republic. You get the aesthetic. You got the gold robes. You know, something bad happened. You know, we can kind of guess who was uh, behind the badness. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, kind of work yourself from there. And I think yeah. that's how, you know, you continue to use the higher public as another gravity well of, like, storytelling. Yeah. Which, like, here's kind of the era. And then, you know, what's this? Or just, like, here's a story. And then, you know, you can use the era to great effect if you want. If it works out. Um, well, but, well. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I yeah. think we are good to go. That was a fun yeah. one. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely a, a classic Iron Cannon deep dive into what is text and canon media technology and all that stuff. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us in the chat. Love to see a lively chat tonight. Uh, appreciate it. Um, also, the 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 comment section isn't going anywhere. So if you're watching this after the fact, we're on uh, Underworld Facebook on Underworld youtube on iron cannon twitch under twitter iron cannon twitter the comments aren't going anywhere let us know what color dagan's lightsaber is let, let us know what you think <laughs> the next gravity well is going to be um also you can uh comment let us know give us a follow on uh, twitter or instagram at ion cannon pod on the star wars under youtube page or facebook page and youtube page please do give this video a like and a share and subscribe to all those channels if you haven't done so already joel where can they find you on the internet you can find me at jid 2021 again jid 2021 or follow me at the ion cannon pod twitter i haven't done any of my big threads and mega threads in a while but maybe i will i don't know if i have much to say yet I feel like i just had a lot to say today so i got yes. all my say out yeah, I, I suspect you're gonna have more to say after <laughs> Oh, I will. I will. Knowing, knowing you well enough. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NEUG45. 
Instagram at MNEUG1138. Got some soccer photos in there. Uh, Twitter, got some more Star Wars connections there too. So uh, give me a, give me a like and a follow. And of course, also the flagship at the SWU. Uh, lots of lots of stuff going on. And of course, the Discord. Uh, check that out. The link below. We're both in there having chats, uh, playing Fortnite, playing whatever else you're playing. Um, yeah, it's been been good. It's been fun. Coming up to a year and a half, I guess. Come on, getting there, getting there. Uh, but yeah, next week we'll we'll let you know what we're doing next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll sort that out. But uh, yeah, until then, great conversation, Joel. Let's pull this Thank thing you. and head home. <laughs>